Imagination Nation, the annual leadership conference put on by the American Council for Technology Industry Advisory Council, returned to in-person earlier this week. Known by the shorthand ACT-IAC-ELC, the CONFAB brings together top federal IT officials and executives from tech contractors. It concluded yesterday in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Federal News Network's Tom Temin was there, and he joins me now with impressions of this not-quite-post-COVID event. Hey there, Tom. Welcome to the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Yes, it's funny coming in from this way, but good to talk with you, Jared. <laughs> so as, as we say, this was, this was really the first ELC since the beginning of the pandemic. I imagine it was nice for people to see each other in person for the first time in a long time in a lot of cases. What was the general vibe? The vibe was really, really positive. I got there late, but when I walked into the lobby, the post-dinner reception was going, and it was just a mob scene, loud, crowded, laughing. I mean, people in the next morning, I was seeing a lot of people I had not seen in a couple of years, and there were hugs all around. People were really, really glad to get together and just see one another in person. I was surprised at how positive the vibe really was. And among the folks I know you talked to was GSA Administrator Robin Carnahan. Um, was she actually intended in attendance at the conference? What did she have to say? Well, she was not in attendance, and nobody from the General Services Administration was <clears throat> was in attendance because they are on no travel policy. So it wouldn't look good for Carnahan herself to travel to Washington from her home in Missouri. She was the Secretary of State for the state of Missouri among her earlier jobs, but uh, so. She was not in person. I was talking to her via a large screen. And she basically said that she wants to keep GSA on the trajectory it's going on. They want to do some improvements to SAM.gov, even though it's out of the beta site stage. She said that she is going to still listen to industry to keep trying to improve that. She said, in general, GSA needs to be easier for companies to do business with. That is to say, not necessarily to sell to GSA, but to get onto the GSA vehicles and so on and sign up through the, say, the schedules program. And she wants to continue making that easier. And she said GSA itself does need to be a better buyer of the goods and services it needs. And she says that means a lot of tightening up of requirements and not trying to be so prescriptive. So pretty classic stuff. Uh, I should note she was at GSA during the Obama administration when she was running the 18F program, uh, not running the whole, when she was running a section of the 18F program concerned with state and local government. And she said she'll pay a lot of attention to 18F this time around. But she said the central mission of 18F is still just to basically deliver software that works. And even if Robin Carnahan wasn't there in person, what we've heard back here is that there were an awful lot of agency CIOs there. And I think there was an agency CIO panel, in fact. What what were some of the consensus issues during that session beyond some of the issues raised by the pandemic itself, which seems to have been um, one one of the big things that all agency CIOs have been talking about lately? Yeah, that panel was half and half. Uh, Gary Washington, the CIO of the Agriculture Department, and Ann Duncan, uh, the uh, CIO of the Energy Department, were in person. Guy Cavallo, the the CIO of the Office of Personnel Management, and Gundeep Ahwalia, the uh, of Labor Department CIO, those two were virtual. But they talked about the TMF, and interesting, the Labor Department has had some TMF money, at uh, OPM, Guy Cavallo said if they don't get TMF, Technology Modernization Fund, money, then they will simply be able to keep the lights on but will not be able to proceed with the desperate need of modernization that OPM has with all of its mainframe systems. And Duncan said that uh, the executive order on cybersecurity has really 
caused a great focus on things that were already happening. I mean, with respect to the executive order, all of the CIOs said, well, they were already going to zero trust. They were already looking at two-factor authentication and all of the other measures called for. But they did say pretty much agree that it forces much greater collaboration, both within the agency and across agencies, and that it served to focus leadership say, at the deputy secretary level, to focus on cybersecurity. So they were pretty positive about that. But everybody wants that TMF money. And Duncan said for the Energy Department, it would be a down payment if they were to get some of that TMF money. So kind of the old story. Money is great, but not enough. And also speaking at one of the keynotes during a luncheon session was Harrison Smith. He's the director of the Enterprise Digitization and Case Management Office at the IRS. And they have really taken the bull by the horns there to try to get some modernization deep into the processes of IRS. And he said they've really come up with some new criteria for whether they go ahead with a project in the first place. And one of the things he said is if they can't prove a return on investment in a very highly defined period of time, they abandon the project. And so without a return on investment, they're not going to go down any rat holes, so to speak, with uh, projects. But he said that uh, they have three pilots have have been awarded pilot development contracts to 14 vendors for three different projects. So there will be a down select when those results come in. Those have to do with scanning as a service because they still have too much paper coming into the IRS. And while they do have paper, they're going to need scanning. There's also a project to try augmented reality to help taxpayers. The idea is if you hold your phone camera over something you don't understand in an IRS form, the phone will be able to relay that information to the IRS, which will, through artificial intelligence, figure out what it is you're trying to ask and give you support right through your phone. That's really a pie-in-the-sky one, but they do have contracts out for prototypes, and they'll be looking at those in about a month, he said, to come in. And then the other third project that they have got going with contracts is they are trying to see if the a vendor can extract a machine-readable data from low-resolution scans of old forms, which of which they have millions. And so first it has to be able to read it, then figure out what's, what the data means. So again, very ambitious, and there'll be a down-select, and they expect those initial prototype ideas to come in in about a month. Interestingly, other transaction authority is not available to the IRS, so they had to use regular FAR 13.5 rules to do these acquisitions, but he said they were able to get them done in 24 days after getting the bids in. So really was well received because it just shows what is possible under the FAR if you really want to get things done and stretch goals. That, that's so right. I mean, I think people often forget how quickly you really can go with the FAR. And speaking of CIOs, I know you heard from the federal CIO, Claire Montemorano, also what was the uh, government-wide IT view? Well, she was trying to really rally the troops. She cited John F. Kennedy in her talk and his call to get the nation to the moon, something seemingly impossible. He knew it was possible that it would organize the best. She focused on customer service, and she said agencies simply have to take all of their technology efforts and imagine how great customer service would be, as good as anything in the private sector, and really make that happen in the next year. And so she kind of rallied around that theme. 
as, again, the Biden administration itself has been focusing on customer service, service to the citizen. In some ways, not new, but there are new tools and new standards now for what constitutes great customer service. And she said it's about time the government got into the leading edge on all of that. So very well received, I should say, too. All right, Federal News Network's Tom Temin joining us to share some insights from the annual ACT-IAC ELC conference in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Tom, thanks for joining us on your own show, and we look forward to having you back in the anchor chair tomorrow. Thank you, Jared. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the President and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy. with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything, and it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Uh, and then after I retired after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life, and um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style, and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but... Uh, the quality that that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, 
I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Um, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federals organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From Sea to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. 
they're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.